Hello, I'm Meredith Harper. Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black, a podcast where I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it, and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument because musicians are so cool and I wanted to be cool, but I found playing an instrument is kind of hard. Today I bring you a chat with Mark Gallagher a multi-instrumentalist from Manchester in the UK. Mark started out trying to play all the instruments, but when the time came to pick a specialty, he wisely opted for the fun one, the ukulele. He is also an accomplished songwriter, and he plays a couple of his songs in today's episode, which I am sure you will enjoy. Ukulele is the new black Yeah, it's the new black Everybody's playing it Ukulele player, introduce yourself. My name is Mark Gallagher. Uh, I am a ukulele player from Manchester. Uh, I've been playing ukulele for about 10 years or so, roughly that sort of time. And I've just uh, popped along and shown my face at various festivals around the UK and Europe. Wonderful. Now, I had a little look on your website and it says that you have played many instruments before ukulele. So how about you give me your musical history? Sure, sure, sure thing. Uh, ukulele is my fourth of like 10 instruments, I think. So my journey started off very much with uh, piano. I've watched a film called Monsters vs. Aliens, a DreamWorks film. And there's a scene in that film where the president is trying to communicate with this alien robot via like a synth, a keyboard. And as a, he plays a couple notes, and then uh, as a gag, he ends up playing the Crazy Frog theme song, Axel F from Beverly Hills Cop. Um, and I saw that, and I saw the first two notes he played. And when I got home, I took out the old keyboard that hadn't been used in years, wiped the dust off that, and just played the two notes I saw. And I just kept working on those two notes, and then started working out the rest of it by ear. And it was from there that I started learning to play piano properly. Um, and I learned in a bit more of a, a, a harmony chord-based fashion, because I wanted to, like live perform i wanted to accompany myself as a singer so i just learned chords adding a bass in the left hand and that was my musical upbringing sort of and that led me on to guitar um from a music module in our music curriculum we learned three chords d g and a g being like the c shape on uke and um it was from there that I ended up getting a guitar from a car boot sale, a nylon strung thing for three pounds, and I just learnt some chords and went away with that. And I, my goal at that time was I wanted to be in a band, and I deciphered, okay, there are four main functions of a band, uh, singer, guitarist, bass, drums. Sing, I'll do. Guitar, I've learned. Next thing that I could do, bass. Um, and I learnt that because it was just... I viewed it on the principle of, okay, it's just two less strings, but it's the same sort of principle. I still know the shapes of it. I still know my arpeggios. Uh, and from there, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to move on to drums after that. So we're talking like a few years into my musical journey, about three years or so. And then my mum very quickly shuts down any possibility of me playing drums. <laughs> so with that in mind, I end up... Uh, it's, it's a blessing in disguise, because at the time it was like, great, I can't learn drums grr but also um it made me kind of get creative okay what other kinds of 
bands out there. There are their saxophone. You could try saxophone and be like in the Dave Clark Five, that sort of vibe. Or you could go. So I learned saxophone, and um, I end up get picking up a clarinet also from a car boot sale, a flea market, um, and uh, just sort of learned that as well, a little bit, and. I thought in other directions of, okay, what other string instruments could I learn? So I thought in the vibe of like, say, a country band. And um, so I was like, okay, I can pick up a banjo. Violin uh, was an instrument that I kind of came across from, uh, I went to a pawn shop, a P-A-W-N shop, I feel like I should clarify. (laughs) (laughs) Important. Definitely. And uh, I saw this quarter size violin, absolutely tiny. And I saw it for about £10. So I, I, I just could not refuse. And I learned... It was really fun joining like my school's orchestra and bring it in and showing these actual violin players this little tiny thing that I could start getting tunes out of. It was quite funny seeing their reactions. Uh, however, um, ukulele came along. It was like I learned it in tandem with when I learned bass um, because I just saw a, I saw a cheap Falcon ukulele for about twenty pounds and I thought, okay, it's got the same concept of holding chord shapes and strumming as a guitar and it's just an extra instrument that i can add to like my repertoire my growing list of my utility belt uh, of music shall we say um so i got into music i got into ukulele kind of um by accident i guess almost uh but it's fun how things sort of turn out so all of the instruments you've learned how did you learn them did you just work it out uh, very good question. Um, I, as I mentioned with piano, uh, I did get lessons in part, but um, it was different to what I was sort of teaching myself as well. I was learning piano. It was based on my curriculum music teacher, who I'd come into like the music department during break times and lunch times a lot, and she would be of great influence and inspiration to me. Go, here's a chord. Here's another chord. Here's another. These are related by a magical thing called a key, um, and. I started learning from that what chords sort of went together. Um, for, for guitar, I initially I just got a chord book and started learning chord shapes and then I just started strumming and was able to uh, try and sing along to that. I ended up getting guitar lessons down the line and doing um, some grades, but I, I had that for a few years. Similar thing with bass. I just, because I knew like all my notes on guitar, I just taught myself bass. And then when I wanted to do exams, I went and... Um, picked up some tuition for that but as for ukulele and other instruments it was just grabbing a book and teaching myself saxophone i taught myself embouchure that the how you sort of uh hold your mouth i did it by um i held a guitar tuner next to my saxophone and i play um i was playing alto sax so the note is uh, a c sharp or no the note but the note is an e but in concert pitch it's c sharp so i just hold this note and I just sort of alter my mouth placement uh, and the tightness of my lips until I was sort of getting it in tune as per this guitar tuner. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I, that's how I sort of taught myself in that regard. Uh, majority is just cases of grabbing books and uh, learning chords or learning your note positions and going from there. Wow. Yeah, because when picking up the piano and guitar, I can understand, but saxophone is a is a harder thing. It's, it's such a – well, not so much harder. It's it's very different to the stringed and the piano. Well, piano technically is a stringed instrument. I would say piano I, – I, I had this debate with uh, my music teachers, and they argued, no, Mark, it's a percussion instrument because of the mallets hitting the strings. Um, That's true, yes. 
pedantry at its finest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, I do agree that uh, saxophone was definitely harder that and clarinet because it was a completely different approach to uh, a musical instrument as opposed to guitar, bass, ukulele, banjo, mandolin, which are all under the string family. They lend themselves to each other. Uh, it was difficult having such a, a different thing going on. Mm. So do you still play that at all? Because every every ukulele group needs um, a sax. I, I do. Uh, over the last few years, ukulele is now very much my main instrument. And uh, it was an argument I had with my music teachers for a long time because I was so focused on versatility and I was joining every club that I could just playing whatever instrument. I, my, my goal was I wanted to be involved in everything. And as a utility player, I wanted to fill that kind of role, whatever vacancy was needed. And when I was in like my uh, GCSEs and A-levels, so my exams leading into uni, um, my teachers were saying, Mark, you need to be able to say, hi, I am Mark, I play instrument. So, you know, my teacher saying, I'm Mrs. Burrell, I play trumpet, um, even though she had skills on other instruments. And I had this conflict with her for a long time about that. But now over the last few years, I very much embraced and accepted. Hi, I'm Mark, and I play ukulele. Uh, sax is something I play once in a while for fun, but I've not gigged with it for absolutely years. Um, but it's always fun to kind of whack out and just, you know, uh, sort of refresh those muscles, as it were. So why was ukulele the winner of all your instruments? Um, so during... About a period of 2014 to 2016, uh, I was in university, but also I was uh, gigging as a musician myself. I was in, um, I was in an acoustic duo, and we'd be gigging a lot. And I noticed during this time that guitar felt like the work instrument. It was be in its case. It would come out for two hours at the gig, it would then go back in its case, and it wouldn't see the light of day until the next show. Meanwhile. During this time, I was playing ukulele for fun. It was the thing I would just pick up when I wanted to just enjoy myself with music. And I wasn't doing that same thing with guitar. So when the acoustic duo broke up in 2016, um, I felt a need to rebrand myself, as it were, because I'd spent so long associated as part of this act and I now need to reestablish myself. Um, I thought why not do it with the fun instrument for a change? And also <laughs> I was doing a large, during this time I was doing a large stretch of performances, uh, various gigs and open mic nights. Uh, I did a stretch where I played a um, hundred gigs in three months. It was a uh, hundred performances in 84 days. Ooh, so that that's more than one a day. I just did the math. Yeah. Mm, yes. Uh, got to day 84, gig 100 before um, the, 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 the run of consecutive gigs stopped. Um, and during this time, I was walk spending a lot of time walking. I thought, uke's easier to carry. And on these open mic lineups, you'd have five acoustic guitarists. If I was the one ukulele player, I'd instantly stand out. It was instantly a conversation starter. But also, it was important for me to sort of challenge people's perception of the uke. I wasn't playing in sort of uke scene crowds at this time, so... They just had this perception of the uke of as being the thing used in like commercials, the thing used in people covering I'm Yours by Jason Mraz and Riptide, <laughs> that sort yep. of. And I wanted to challenge people's perception on, no, here's me doing something wild with the instrument. When you got in touch, I had a look at your website and the thing you said on there is that you play the things that people don't expect to be played on ukulele. And I said, yep, 
he's in. <laughs> I didn't have to look any further <laughs> because that's what I love. I, I, I also just love to play things that are different. Actually, I was looking through your videos too and I saw you've got so many covers and we'll probably get to get to that. But I did notice you had a cover of Highway to Hell and I thought, oh, I have also done a cover of Highway to Hell. I, I thought I was the only one. But um, that was fantastic. So, And what I loved about that, and people, I will put a link to that in the show notes, is you've got, so it's you on the ukulele and, and um, the other is on guitar. What was his name, the other guy on the guitar? Ben Gorman. Yep. And so you've got two acoustic instruments, but man, you, you make it rock. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you very much. To that, I very much owe uh, a debt of gratitude to Barry Maz and the Nukes. Uh, they very much influenced me as a player or as my stance in the Ukes scene. And that all came about from when I was in um, high school, I was... Um, I joined my, my school's ukulele club. I say ukulele club. It was like three people, I think, four people. And when we got to we got to a point where um, we were just sort of like jamming together on Monday lunchtimes. And then we learned that um, there was just above the, the, the street from where our school was, there was a uke jam happening. Uh, and that was fronted by Barry Maz of Got a Ukulele. It was called the Nantwich Ukes. And we'd go to these jams and uh, it was from those performances there and sort of being involved with that crowd and then the subsequent festivals that we went to it was just sort of that got us immersed in the uke scene and it's very much through like performances of the nukes they did like pop and rock and soul because they they didn't like the perceptions of like uke as being just a george formby style instrument just a tiny tim style instrument so they played a lot of that kind of music so when you decided ukulele would be your main instrument then where did you go from there? Um, I was still gigging a lot as an acoustic guitarist and I just started incorporating. It was one of those things where it would be like you play guitar and then you'd have a couple songs on ukulele and then the balance just starts shifting gradually. Then it's one forty-five minute set of guitar, one forty-five with a ukulele and then it just shifts to the point where it's mostly uke and then, oh, let's play whack guitar out for a song or two and then... It's just kind of ousted by then. Um, so where I went from there was just I continued with my um, acoustic gigs, just standard sort of pubs, uh, bars, that sort of thing. However, just marketed myself as predominantly a ukulele player. Uh, and I spent a lot more time working in the uke festival scene because I enjoyed that circuit. And I really entered it in 2016 with festivals like Grand Northern Ukulele Festival. And I just wanted to kind of immerse myself more in that scene and sort of earn a reputation from that. Uh, it was then sort of in the last couple of years that the online content and the uh, collaboration videos especially kind of um, took a bit more of a... They, they took off, generally speaking. Yeah, so you've got a lot of content there on that YouTube channel, um, a lot of covers, but you also do original songs. I do indeed. Uh, I like to... I, the covers, um, it started out as just me realising that I didn't have much to, to show uh, potential promoters or people who were booking me for a bar gig. And I realised, oh, I need to kind of rectify that. So I started i recorded like about six covers or so in my university studio um i did a music production degree so they had you know recording studios to use at will that's handy definitely <laughs> so i recorded those covers and it was from there that i was able to um i just built a bit of anticipation there was a new thing coming out every week and then i, I just decided to keep that 
going and every week it just brought out a new video. Although I definitely like to still promote the originals that I do. I like writing. I like showcasing the original music that I do create. And I, I want to kind of not let that be forgotten. I do not ever want to just be a cover guy at festivals. Yeah, I keep saying I should write another song. One day I will. <laughs> now you have a ukulele there, I can see it. Tell me about that one you are clutching. Uh, the ukulele I'm currently clutching is a Pono uh, Pro Classic ETC PC. Um, I got this, um, my main gigging uke at the time was a Coca Bolo uh, tenor, which was custom made. That sadly got stolen when my car got broken into uh, oh. a few years ago. And the wonderful Matt at World of Ukes, uh, he was saying, Mark, is there anything I can do to help you? He even offered to sort of like loan me just an instrument, uh, a Pete Howlett tenor ukulele, which is worth like a grand and a half uh, until you ticked over. And I was like, thank you so much. But also, no thanks. I don't want to have that responsibility. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You don't want to lose another one. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, But I'd fallen in love with Pono Pro Classic Ukes uh, about a year or two before then, um, I fell in love with him just from uh, the stall uh, at a festival that he was uh, manning. And I, I kind of took that as the opportunity to kind of get a, a main gigging, another replacement gigging ukulele. And I finally bit the bullet and got this Pono, which I've been after for years. And I'm glad to be reunited with it. And it's been to a lot of countries with me. It's been, I think, 11 that I've taken this one to. Wow, Nice. Well, you better play it then. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think uh, I'll do a, a song. Um, I'll do a song from my album, Songs from a Happy Winter. This is about someone that I chatted up at a gig I played. It's called The Next Move. It sounds a little like this. A crowded room, December and Friday night. The beer flows free, and the youngsters shut it wild. Several hundred faces, but none are recognized. Excuse myself, try to get some air outside. Tip on my shoulder, I turn around, feeling somewhat confused. Exchange introductions. Hello, I was infused I offered you your favor drink And I'm so glad you didn't refuse I made a start, but I let you make the next move Your face is blurred, there's a focus on your eyes You start getting closer, start getting more tactile Stage and we find somewhere quiet. 
passions in some background of your life We practice our Spanish, finding where our fuego lies Stay silent and close, and we feel the spark ignite La dura and those ojos azul. We can go our separate ways, but I've got nothing to lose. I leave my number just in case you want to start something new. I've made a start, but I'll let you make the next move. Nice. Thank you very much. So you've done a few albums. So I saw that that was the Happy Winter one as opposed to the one you had, the songs from a shit summer, <laughs> which made me laugh when I saw it. I thought, that's awesome. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. Uh, songs from Happy Winter, I think it's my fourth album. Yeah, uh, that was the m- most recent one. It came out December of 2019. It was very much made as an answer album to uh, Songs from a shit summer, which was very much written from a place of angst and pain. And I kind of challenge myself to do something a bit more positive and I kind of challenge myself okay from December to uh, February like my parameters of winter uh, which I understand is quite different for you in Australia I <laughs> yes apologize. very different <laughs> um, but I set those parameters of um, what winter was for me and I challenged myself okay that's 12 weeks or so one song a week that's an album thereabouts and I went traveling in Europe. I lived in Germany and surrounding countries for about three months and I just let those experiences inspire me. So you've done a lot of gigging, a lot of traveling, but obviously not so much since last year. Indeed. It's a shame. I I absolutely love traveling. I love the fact that, you know, this box of four strings has taken me to uh, so many countries. Uh, I was meant to be going to my 12th country uh, just before things started. Um, It was March last year and then things started getting cancelled and, you know, um, it's really started to hit the fan. Um, So I made a bit of a shift to sort of online content in terms of like teaching uh, a greater emphasis on like my Patreon and things like that. what was most interesting was like my collaborations having to shift those into uh, virtual things. So split screen videos in which we kind of record our parts separately, sending those over, leaving the appropriate spaces. Um, that's been interesting and has presented various challenges, but it's also opened up. It's meant that I've been able to make music with people that I haven't had to sort of be in person with. And that's opened a lot of doors, which I think I'm going to keep pursuing even when things start going back to normal, I feel like I'm still going to be duetting with people like halfway across the world. Yeah. And actually it works the same for me because I always wanted to do interviews in person. I thought, no, it's not going to work if you're not actually in the same room. But I've found that that was not the case and I can talk to people all over the world. So yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So tell me some of the collaborations you've done. I, I had a quick look, but just throw some names out there and impress everyone. <laughs> uh Certainly. Um, my collaborations really started catching steam when I duetted with Charlotte Pelgen. Uh, she's a German singer mm. known in the band, yeah, ba- uh, Bad Mouse Orchestra, but also she's uh, made a lot of uh, impressions as an artist in her own right. And she's been on the show as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that episode. Yeah, she was on last year. Yeah. Amazing. I look forward to listening to that episode as soon as I stop recording here. Um <laughs> 
but yeah, she's an incredible musician. And that was one that really started getting those to uh, pick up steam. But I've collaborated with various headlining artists such as Victoria Vox, um, Ava Grimace Jr., Andrew Molina. Uh, those last two are from Hawaii. Also, I did a recent one with Danielle Ate the Sandwich, and that was like a goal of mine for this year. And I'm very glad to have managed it within the first month or two. That's a pretty impressive list. And actually, I listened to that one with um, Danielle, um, where he did the Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah. I've been very much into Fleetwood Mac lately. I, I've, um, me and my, the band, we've decided we would like to cover the entire Rumours album. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, working on the chain at the moment, which is awesome, makes our bass player very happy. Uh, I've got a love for Fleetwood Mac as well. Um, comes in a couple of different places. Um, a few years ago, my mum gifted me a, a, a turntable for Christmas. And uh, I went to a record store and I just got some albums that were considered essential listening. I didn't, I'd never actually listened to these albums. I just knew that, oh, this is famous. I should probably listen to this. Got um, rumours. Uh, listen to first I, I jumped to the track go your own way because it was one that I was immediately familiar with and I just remember sitting there in awe uh, about a week later I brought that to my mum and then she just looked at the cover and she told me that gosh I know every word of this album and I had no idea that she liked Fleetwood Mac until then but I just sort of saw uh, that the the memory is just rushing in through her eyes and we've had a connection through that band um recently over the last few years and that's been quite special one of the last gigs i did uh in person before the world shut down was i supported a a fleetwood mac tribute band uh and that was quite rewarding in that regard we've actually been trying to think of a, a good um name for a ukulele fleetwood mac cover band so if you come up with anything let me know oh I, I, <laughs> I was trying to say i was trying to think of something really funny off the top of my head i couldn't think of anything no. clever enough but yeah I'll, yeah let me know i just felt like a challenge <laughs> yes. a challenge to all my listeners fleetwood mac cover band for ukulele ukewood mac no it's not it doesn't work <laughs> anyway oh now so um so we did talk about that ukulele so it sounds to me that you are not a multi-ukulele owner i uh Contrary to popular belief, I am a multi ukulele owner. Oh. I don't like I don't like having lots of uh, I don't like being one of those like UAS people uh, ukulele acquisition syndrome. And now I've got twenty ukes. Uh, I've got a modest ish collection, but it's only like um, I've got a couple tennis. So I've got this pony. I've also got a Canalea SUST. It's sort of like my alternate um, gigging ukulele. Um, I have a Rob Collins soprano. I've got uh, an Anuay Anuay concert, uh, which is my like go-to high G uke. I've also got uh, the Boulder Creek Riptide, which is affectionately called my piece of crap uke. Uh, <laughs> we all have to have one of those. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, it was given to me by a player called Zara Lousley uh, on her ukulele cycle tour. She appeared at one of my a night I was running, and it was on a bicycle in a bin bag in the rain. Uh, and it was presented to me and it's got like all sort of holes and cracks and she very much likes to relic her instruments and like frets are taken <laughs> off and the, there was a massive crack down like the bridge where the bridge meets the body. Oh. It was, um, it, I lovingly call it my piece of crap uke. It was my main gigging uke until I got the Coco Bola tenor. Um, so it, it, it really, as I started um, transitioning into playing ukulele as my main thing, that was 
the uke that kind of got me through it and I can't get my bring myself to get rid of it. So I've got that. I've got a baritone, which was gifted, which I gifted myself because um, uh, I was into baritone. I wanted to kind of try something else out. That's a Pono uke. Um, and I was recently gifted uh, an Ohana eight string ukulele by uh, Southern Ukulele Store. They just decided to send me a present one day, which is really That's nice. That's nice. Excellent. And if they want to send, send one to me, I will also accept. <laughs> I love those eight string ones. I've got a, one of my friends has one of those and it looks amazing, but I, I just find my head has trouble with playing it. But he sounds, sounds amazing when he plays it. Oh, lovely. So what, what has um, 2021 got in store for you? 2021, um, it's going to see a lot more of the virtual collaborations like we've seen. Uh, I know people have sort of, uh, particularly towards the end of last year, they had sort of this, oh gosh, can't wait for next year, it's going to be so much better, as if to say like, soon as the clock struck midnight, everything would just change. Uh, My outlook's been sort of like, 2021 is going to be 2020, but in reverse. It's going to start off not great. It's going to start off with lockdown like we are in at the moment in the UK. Um, But things are going to be okay by the end, at least I'm crossing my fingers. So as for the activity I'm getting up to, um, I'm spending a lot more time uh, working on just uh, my my Patreon and sort of growing the, the... uh, amount of content that I'm producing for them. I'm looking at sort of putting on more online workshops. I've seen other UK artists do that to great success. I've been doing stuff with various festivals, such as like Gaithersburg, Ukfest, for example. I've run uh, workshops through them. I'm looking to start of like, I'm looking to start promoting my own workshops as a result of that and spend a bit more time doing more teaching based online content. Fantastic. So it could be a nice busy year. And I'll put links to all of those things in, in the show notes, especially your Patreon, which is important. Um, so perhaps it's time for another song. Certainly. Uh, this one is one that isn't recorded or released anywhere. I'm in the mood to start like trying to self-record and self-release new music at some point. Uh, and this is a song I'd love to try and include at one point. This is a song about uh, Galway. I went to Galway Ukefest. Uh, I played there. Um, and it's interesting. I'm Irish. I'm an Irish citizen because my dad's from Northern Ireland. However, I'd never been to Galway and it felt like kind of home. And I wrote this song as a love letter to the city. Uh, this is called City Bells. the plane Brief the wind of a land I've never been Swap the air for the rails The fields racing behind my screen Through the cold of the ocean breeze Voices that remind me of a forgotten home Buzz in the center, decorated with banners and posters, with my face on. And those city bells, 
To the cobblestones below People of a thousand nations Have walked these streets Foreign has welcomed As one of their own And those city bows They call me Time. I didn't want to leave I left behind Stones left unturned And friendships who wait for my return is silent just absorbing the band and the good company I didn't mean to outrun my luck feeling so at peace with the music playing next to me at the turn of a new day take a stroll along the boardwalk Alone on the beach with my footprints and I And the greatest smile I've laid my eyes on And those silly bows They call to me And at the time I did I hope you do record that one because it was really good. 
Thank you so much. I it's it. one of my favourite ones that I've written lately, and it's one I really hope to kind of uh, lay down. I've got a couple of videos of it, but like particularly from when I initially wrote mm. it. But I'd love to kind of make something with a bit of a grander arrangement. But I mm. just love the delicacy of which it's 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 played. Yeah, I found myself towards the end wanting to start singing a harmony for you, but that doesn't work over Zoom. <laughs> Definitely not. It's been one of the challenges of various like uh, creative meetings that I've had with people. <laughs> yeah, it does not work. Well, I think it is time to ask you how ukulele has changed your life. Uh, I feel like this is a really easy question to answer because um, thanks to the ukulele, it's enabled me to travel to about 11 countries. It's enabled me to uh, create some friendships with some remarkable people. Uh, had I just stuck with guitar, I would have been another face in the Manchester music scene, which is saturated beyond belief. And by having this thing to sort of stand out, to challenge myself, um, this has enabled me to kind of grow as a musician and as a person. Wonderful. Well, Mark, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. And I will certainly look out for your next recordings because I want to... That song was great. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Janine Chandler, Jim Croft, Jasmine Fellows, Paul Marsh, Sandra Shaw and Chris Williams. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. For more information about Mark, you can go to markgallagermusic.com, you can hear his music on Bandcamp and YouTube, and you can support him on Patreon at patreon.com slash markgallagermusic. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's episode, there are links in the show notes. You can also go to the Ukulele is a New Black YouTube channel for a playlist with songs relating to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and please tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Because it's the New Black. Let me drink some tea and think of my next question. Is there anything exciting I should ask you? Uh, crap. Um, I can't think. I'm, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I'm put off, put on the spot. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Am I interesting? <laughs> or is there anything interesting for me to talk about? <laughs> oh, I think we just got the outtake. That's good. <laughs>